0: This is The Book Report.
1: Well, I refuse to say those words. Wow. All right. I'm taking strong stances on things today. It's it's a vibe.
0: Care to elaborate?
1: (laughs) Yes, but I'm going to go on a massive rant. I think I warned you about this earlier. Today has been a day um, in Oklahoma politics. But before we get into that, so we don't... scare anybody else off um i have some housekeeping what we call them like 17 episodes ago <laughs> uh, church announcements yes um from previous episodes the first one was from last week's episode Perfect. I, we started the episode out with this whole thing where i was reading through a pdf of a book to try to find a specific passage and it took not only... a long time
0: and there was yeah. a lot of
1: silence <laughs> Not only did I never explain what that passage was, I didn't even name the book ever in the episode. So, sorry about that. Um, for anybody who was still wondering. Well, honey, you're it, a dumbass. <laughs> right? It was, I was trying to find the, um, I, I, th- I don't think I did, but because uh, I just added the episode, but I was trying to find the passage in um, And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie, which I talked about the week before, I believe. But it's the passage in which uh, all the surviving members of the house are sitting around in a circle and their internal thoughts are like being dictated to you. And everyone's like, um, uh, do they suspect me because of this or do they know this because of this? And then it gets and it's not identifying anybody who's thinking the things. And then like the second to the last thought in this paragraph is the actual murderer being like, um, thinking like that there's no way they know it's me and uh was i too obvious when i said this and it's just so jarring because up until that point in the story they've come to the conclusion that the murderer is one of them uh but it's never been you know confirmed and it's just one of my favorite pieces of not even dialogue because it's all just in their heads in uh fiction and i <clears> still can't <throat> find that passage so if anybody knows the page number it's on or something let us know cuz that was bothering me <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't oh, found it. Oh my god! Kind of an update. Got it. Okay, so I thought this was
0: going to be some grand reveal where you said I was looking for this passage last time and I found it, so here it is. But no, you just decided to reiterate last episode's monologue.
1: Yeah, but I never oh, named I it in the last episode, and it bothered me when I was editing it, and I was like, monologue. I should at least point out what I was talking about.
0: All right, so everyone, go read, and then there were none, and report back. On the double. Chop, chop. The other thing
1: from like 12 episodes ago, not that far back, but the beginning of our um, Christian literature series, I talked about in the Left Behind books being terrified of the rapture. But then when I didn't see perfectly folded piles of clothes everywhere there, I knew there wasn't a rapture. And you told me I was crazy because that wasn't in the books or the movies. And one of our Twitter followers, Megan Scott OKC, Um, who I do not know in real life, but we are good Twitter friends. We really need to meet Megan if you're hearing this. Shout out. Uh, Pointed out that it was in a movie... Called "Apocalypse Caught in the Eye of the Storm" from 1998, in which there was actually folded piles of clothes whenever the people disappeared. So oh. they
0: must have shown that in my church. Okay. Must have. Insane. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Indeed. Shout out to the um, apocalypse super fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry that you remembered that, um, but thank you so much for. Yeah, pointing. that's like that's almost like hipster level of uh, knowledge of obscure Christian-based. Film. Yeah, so. I was I Ooh. was ecstatic when she tweeted that at us. That's that's pretty fun. All right, cool. <laughs> fact checking this makes me really nervous. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, please don't do that for any other episode ever. Oh, God. <laughs> I do not put enough effort into this to be fact checked.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, please tell us when you're wrong, because you know uh, listener interaction is fun, but no, it's hilarious. Nice. I get to see
0: how stupid I actually am. <laughs> I already have a wife to do that for me, but I feel like that's what spouses are mostly for. Honestly, it just makes you realize you're... that all of the random facts that you have held in your head as like complete beliefs are wrong. Mm, You'll yeah. like say a fact and then they'll go and like fact check it on Google and they're like, no, that wasn't right. And you're like, Dang it. Stop looking it up. Remember when
1: our college roommate did that about the Resident Evil series on the way to one of the Resident Evil movies and we almost pushed him out the tra- into traffic.
0: We should have pushed him out. We should have pushed pushed him
1: out. if you're listening to this, I still hold a grudge about that one moment. You're cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anywho, before we get into the actual topic of the episode, which will be fun and will be recorded in two parts anyway, so we have plenty of time to mess around, I need to rant because today was insane. The Oklahoma House of of Representatives in the Oklahoma legislature did a single bill today, and I can say without exaggeration um, that it is the worst bill I have ever seen pass through the Oklahoma Capitol. It's not the worst, like, policy. I mean, it's really bad policy, Um, but it is the worst on every single level, other level, and it's bad policy, which makes it the worst bill I've ever seen. First off, a big portion of my job is reading bills and synthesizing them into language for other people, telling people what they mean and what they would do. Um, and the other, another half of my job is knowing the rules of how the Oklahoma House and Senate work. This rule violated all of them that it could. <laughs> it, uh, it started out, The language for this bill started out in three other pieces of legislation. Now we're in the final stage of session. Everything's gone through both chambers, committees in both chambers twice. And it's back on the floor of the original chamber to hear the opposite chambers. That was boring. I don't need to know about that. It's gone through everything. um, And it's back in the House of Origin to be passed and sent to the governor. At every single stage that this bill was amended, except for, I think, one, it was amended with what's called an untimely filed amendment or a substitute amendment, which are, by their own rules, basically illegal. So every time this bill needed to be amended, they had to break their own rules to amend it, um, including today when they heard the Senate amendments. And they had to The – first of all, the parliamentarian in the chamber ruled that not only is this bill not germane to the subject it was filed under um, – but they're gonna to have to suspend rules to be able to hear the amendments that aren't germane in the first place. And they did that. So at every single stage, this rule, this bill has broken its own rules to get here. So that alone is infuriating. And if you're gonna write your rules and they rewrite the rules every single session, if you're gonna rewrite the rules and you don't follow the own rules you wrote, you have no business being in government. <sighs> that part of the rant over. Moving on, interrupt me whenever I'm just insane.
0: What
1: was the bill about? That's the next bet.
0: The purpose
1: of this bill is on its surface, or as the conservatives who filed it and ran it would say, it is um, uh, banning state-sanctioned racism. That's how they would put it. In reality, what this bill does is the actual language of it, is it stops, and it's two different things, which is another Against the rule. It's called log rolling. You can't have a bill that does two different things. On mm-hmm. one hand, it makes <clears throat> higher education, you cannot force anybody to take racial or sexual diversity or sensitivity training. It all has to be mm-hmm. all voluntary. And then on the other hand, it forces common ed to not be able to make any curriculum that would basically make anyone feel bad for being a member of a specific uh, sex or race. Um, and that's about as broad as the language is, which mm-hmm. means that. It's literally the language is set up so that if a little racist
0: white boy or uh, you know wow. kids are not wow. racist wow. let me finish I was going to finish why does he have to be a white racist because why that's he who be he is an, an asian who's racist so, okay I a lot of racist or, asian kids more accurately they all the look racist
1: parents of children who don't know any better will get mad at something a teacher is teaching about history and claim that their student is being indoctrinated into thinking that because they're white or male or fill in the blank that they're wrong. And that teacher will get sued for breaking this law. Which means that any curriculum that deals with race or, you know, history or sexuality is just immediately going to have to be dumbed down and whitewashed.
0: Well, so that as schools, a teacher, I've never encountered any sued. of this issue, though. I've never had okay. anyone, like, complain about it.
1: Exactly. About exactly this the member who wrote the bill and the member who was presenting the bill in the house said at least 30 times that he's had parents and teachers and faculty come to him to tell him that this bill that this is happening all over the state of oklahoma when pressed he will not provide a specific a single specific example except to quote a um a a class that happened at osu that showed a video uh And the video wasn't in the curriculum. It was like to discuss. It was like one of those, this is a critical race theory video and we're going to show it and then we're going to discuss it. It wasn't saying this is real, (laughs) but whatever, decide the point. Multiple times it was brought up that this is happening all over the country and all over Oklahoma. We're teaching little children that they have to feel bad because they're white and because their ancestors own slaves. And just over and over again, but couldn't point to a single actual specific example of that so the bill is designed intentionally designed to just whitewash history and dumb down the teaching of history and in the state of oklahoma in which i went through public education until college in oklahoma and did not learn a single piece of oklahoma's racial history did not know what the tulsa race massacre was never heard of the sit-in at the diner down in oklahoma city that basically started peaceful sit-ins um Didn't know about um, the Trail of Tears that went through Oklahoma that we have pillars all over downtown Oklahoma for.
0: Wait, 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 wait! How did you not learn about the Trail of Tears? The other stuff, like I kind of not the Trail of Tears,
1: not the Trail of Tears, the Underground Railroad part. Oh, that was a very different thing than what you just said. I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm speaking too fast. Did not hear about um, the Underground Railroad that went through Oklahoma. Didn't hear about the Osage murders that created the FBI. Um, None of that thing was ever taught because. In Oklahoma, uh, history teachers and civics teachers are almost universally the coaches because they don't give a crap about the history classes and they don't have enough money to hire actual teachers. So they throw the coaches into them.
0: Um, at least so, that was my like, experience. Yeah, well, there's like a couple of reasons for that. The biggest one is probably you can blame more the like federal government for that because social studies is not a tested subject. So if you are a administrator and you are hiring for positions, You are not going to hire someone as a coach to teach math because math is really important for your federal funding. So you're going to teach, you're going to hire a dedicated math teacher. You're going to do the same with English. That leaves social studies and then sometimes science because they're not tested. It doesn't really matter if the kids do well ever. So you hire the teacher who's probably going to be gone a lot for those positions.
1: Okay. Well, that explains one little piece of this bullshit. Yeah. Um, But essentially, they're trying to set it up. This whole bill is attempting to make another Snopes trial, but about racism and gender diversity, Mm -hmm. Um, which with this current Supreme Court, who knows how that would actually end up. It would just be bad all the way around. Mm
0: -hmm. And that brings us to. I just teach all my students that white
1: makes right. Okay. well, you're part of the problem. (laughs) I like it. It's a good problem. That brings us to debate and questions on the House floor today. We started at, or I say we, I'm not actually a part of it. They started at 9.30, excuse me, and finally bo- voted at this bill on at 1 o'clock. And of course it passed, um, because Republicans have a supermajority in this state. But it wasn't universally, like, there were several Republicans who voted against it, so they're not all bad, I guess. Not all men, whatever. Um, these are just a few of the horrible, horrible things that were said on the house floor in questionings and debate on this bill starting with one member said that um the black lives matter and the kkk are both the same thing like the exact same thing just opposite sides of it they're both terrorists they both murder people all this they both bombed churches and he just said they're the exact same thing moving on um a member uh stood up and said in the the end of his debate that he had a whole lot of indian blood in him um doesn't seem particularly bad. Just
0: for the record, it doesn't count if you drink it. Just so our (laughs) listeners are clear.
1: Wouldn't it be that bad? I mean, that's one of the things that basically every Oklahoman has been told by their parents or grandparents at some point, that they have some Indian blood in them, which is a stupid, tiny racist thing anyways. But the Oklahoma legislature made a huge deal about Elizabeth Warren claiming that. And would not stop endlessly mocking her, but a Republican man stands up on the House floor and says it, and no one bats an eye. Uh, And here we get to the worst ones. A man stood up and said that police brutality is a myth. It simply does not exist. There's no such thing as police brutality. And finally, on the House floor, in which this year alone, since February alone, three members had to publicly apologize for saying racist things on the floor... A member stood up today and said that racism isn't dead, but it is on life support. And we have a chance right now to kill it completely with this bill, which is just whitewashing history. Cool.
0: So I will say I think that this is why debate as a practice is really important because people by themselves are idiots and we all have real stupid things we say out loud. And it sounds like Oklahoma is kind of monopolizing on that. However, it's really nice when people say their stupid things out loud. So that hopefully someone can tell them what they're saying is stupid. Yeah. I don't know if that ever happens. I don't know if that ever happens. I hope that someone in the Oklahoma House just goes, "Ah, here's what's wrong with what you said there, Jim Bob.
1: You're not even allowed to. That's not how debate is structured on the House and Senate floor. You're literally not allowed to specifically address other members. You have to address all debate and questions through the chair. And the chair will, multiple times throughout debate and questioning, remind Democrat members to not impugn the character of other members. Meanwhile, other members are saying that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization that has killed people or police brutality doesn't exist. But you're not allowed to impugn that character, that blatant, stupid, bullshit, racist lies. You're not allowed to impugn that. So that's that's the state of politics in Oklahoma and that was really fun to just say out loud because I've been angry tweeting all day, but I haven't got <laughs> to sit down and say it to anyone because we're all work from home still. <sighs> no, I'm, was glad your ta-
0: you, I'm glad you had a moment. <laughs> Less interesting than yours. However, I did get a chance to do something that I think most people wish they could do. Oh, yeah? I got to tell off my own boss.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: That's so, fun. He, it was amazing. So here's what was happening: my boss has what we in the educational world call road rage, and ah. um, I was—I uh, was in the educational world. Do we not all call road rage road rage? Well, we we do, but we also call it that in the educational world. So okay. I was sitting. Um, imagine a, uh, a, a, a basically a, a traffic stop stoplight. Okay. Okay um you have two turning red
1: yellow green roads in my head i got it
0: great okay so you've got two turning (laughs) lanes right next to each other okay that are going to turn left okay Okay. so i am in the right turning lane so the farthest away from the turn okay okay there is a truck in front of me and then my boss is behind me so we are all in the exact same turning lane (laughs) the light turns green Me and the truck start pulling forward. My boss cuts into the left turning lane, speeds up, passes both of us in the middle of the intersection, cuts in front of the truck to the right, and then passes over two lanes of traffic to get into an exit.
1: And got arrested and went to traffic jail.
0: They (laughs) should have. They should have. A cop saw... Flashed their lights. My boss didn't see it. Kept driving. Turned into the school, and the cop kept driving because they couldn't tell where they went. Oh,
1: oh! Right. You should have like called them in. Like, I, I thought just... about it.
0: <laughs> right. Hey, you know that guy you're chasing? I found him. <laughs> but I uh, I saw him this morning, and so I said, "Hey, bud, you got a minute?" And then oh I got God, to I'm uh, for this. This yeah, is me- <laughs> it was great. I got to say, hey, what you were doing was reckless and dangerous. You have cut in front of me, and he's done this before. You've cut in front of me not once but twice. You need to stop because you could have gotten arrested today. A cop saw you, and you narrowly managed him, like catching you. That's awesome. It and felt you, so good. You probably did it all calmly
1: and and like respectfully. Yeah, no, I would have gotten fired if I were in Boston. Yeah, day. no.
0: <laughs> I don't really care if I get fired from this job, so I guess I could have yelled and laced it with a couple profanities. Oh, well. I mean, but I didn't.
1: Hindsight 2020 and all that.
0: Indeed.
1: <laughs> well, I, I bet you've wondered why we all gathered you here today to lecture you about Oklahoma politics and traffic.
0: <laughs> Joel and I are getting married. <laughs>
1: I feel like that would violate some polygamy laws, um, uh, it's, but the only it's, reason no, 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 it's it's bigamy
0: at that point. Bigamy, gotcha. Bigamy. It's a separate. So if it's a separate marriage, but you're already married, it's bigamy. If it's like you're all married to one, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was about to be like, why do you know? So because much? <laughs> there was a president who got in trouble for bigamy. Really, which one? Andrew Jackson. Oh, that makes sense. He no, was no, no, first. it doesn't actually it wasn't his fault. It was not his fault. Than it was his fault. He fell in love with a gal and ended up getting married to her. She never told him that but her she divorce hadn't gone through. Basically.
1: Ah.
0: Yeah. She just like lied to him and then he got married to her and then everyone was like, Hey dude, she's still married to her husband. And there were and only like what? thirty people in the country back then, so Right. Right. Exactly. So that <laughs> was knew. just that was kind of an issue.
1: Right. So, but we also did not gather you to talk about presidential history. <laughs> At some point, we'll get so, to the point. You know how this works. Um, <laughs> so, we had this idea. We've, we both gave each other prompts that were either too hard or we just never started working on them. I gave the too hard one and he gave the one that I was just lazy about. So we, des- <laughs> so, we decided to um, work off of the same prompt and... Both give you the prompt and then give you the full written work in a single episode. So we're going to, I said live, but live to tape, I guess. Find a prompt we both agree on and then give each other a time limit and then come back and record the rest of the episode. Which, you know, might be over the course of a couple days, but for you, we'll be in like a minute or two. Time travel. Oh, too soon? (laughs) Yeah, because we have to go find the... I guess we could do an intro.
0: It was a joke. Complete joke. Okay. Just wanted to keep it I'm going. Not,
1: I am several seltzers and now half of a Guinness in. Oh, shit. Um, Dude, it's um, a Thursday. You gotta, you gotta start Buddy. with the light stuff. And... <laughs> what? My Fridays are usually pretty light. Oh, my God. <laughs> Alright. Let's go to
0: Reddit and look up writing
1: prompts. Okay. Reddit are writing prompts.
0: Oh, not space sticks? Oh,
1: What's Since space things
0: It was an do old subreddit. <laughs> it was an old subreddit. I don't think it exists anymore. Okay. <laughs> I was going to be like, do I want to know? I feel like you might enjoy enjoy um, our mildly penis. Mildly penis? Right.
1: Oh, wait, no, I've seen that one. That's the one for like rock formations and stuff. Look like, like a I penis, think. yeah. Or like
0: yeah. a tree or some fruit. <clears throat> yeah,
1: those are hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're great.
1: Okay, well. This, the first one on our writing prompt right there is CW smash Em up Sunday. What is, what is this?
0: Constrained writing. I don't know anything about this subreddit to be honest. I don't either.
1: Okay. Theme Thursday, quixotic. We have write quixotic fiction. I have not ever been able to finish Don Quixote and so many things that I love reference it, but I get so bored so quickly into reading that.
0: Okay. So here's what the actual writing prompt is. Okay. It says, write a story or poem. No. Write a story, no more than 800 words, using at least two things from the three categories below. The more you use, the more points you get, basically. Um, okay, so the, the categories are a word list, a sentence block, and then defining features. And the word list is ache, loss, love, anger. Sentence block, growing old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Wow, I hate both of those. Which and one are the you defining reading? Defining feature. The same one you told me to click on. Smashing oh, up Sunday this is top childhood. one. Yeah. Use My third person limited weird. point of view and employ an anaphora.
1: An anaphora? What is an anaphora? A rhetorical again? device
0: that features repetition of a word or phrase at the beginning of successive oh, sentences. Right, right. That's more for poetry.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't want to uh, do that
0: one. Next, I don't like that one either. Let's go as, to. Like, as the
1: prophet Ariana Grande said, thank you. Next. Let's go to top uh, monthly and pick the top monthly one.
0: Honestly, these are all going to be pretentious and annoying, but that's fine. Well, obviously. It's Reddit. I think our college friends wrote some of these.
1: (laughs) Okay. The top for this month is you are a B-list superhero on the verge of losing your job. During a battle with a villain, you accidentally end up killing one of the most prolific superheroes of your time. That's when you realize what your niche power is. That with your niche power, okay,
0: maybe. As a hero. All right, let's see some others. You're a hitman whose hits survive your assassination attempts despite your sincere best efforts, only to die soon after each attempt by comical forces outside your control. The hitman community can't be convinced you're not the most creative, comically effective. Okay, that's so funny. That's I kind better. of like that one.
1: Yeah. I don't think I'd be good at it, but that's Seems really funny. Seems hard as balls, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. that's a really funny prompt, though no one can kill me roars the demon you smirk but i am no man you throw open your jacket to reveal you are in fact three halflings that's also
0: hilarious oh
1: boy (laughs) but it feels like there's only really one way to go with that so let's let's do something a little bit more open-ended so we can have yeah exactly like what do you do with that all right i'm three
0: halflings yay (laughs) A sniper the, demon, or a the demon roars back, semantics don't matter, and stabs the halflings <laughs> through the throat. Got it. Just, like, stab the bottom one and slice it straight up. <laughs> right. They all die the end. <laughs> mm,
1: a sniper, a bartender, and a photographer meet at a bar, unaware of each other's occupations, and they talk about the perfect shot. Okay, this one, I like.
0: That's Man. fun. So, here's the deal. That actually sounds like um, a play.
1: Yeah. It's like a one-act play. You're writing, like... Like or a the who's on first situation, something like that, yeah. Or a, a
0: whose line is it?
1: Skin mm-hmm. yeah. from birth, your parents have done everything they could to stop you from going out during a full moon. At the age of sixteen, curiosity overwhelms you, and you sneak out of the house during a full moon. You take a peek at the moon, and suddenly you turn into a log cabin. You are a warehouse.
0: <laughs> what the
1: hell? <laughs> Why? What the hell? These are just jokes. These are writing prompts. So dumb. <laughs> it's so funny though. Oh my god. Like, like I was all about it being like, all right, you have to write a werewolf story. That's fun. A uh, no. Just that was good. Mr. Gian Poopster,
0: <laughs> you yeah, are I'm a sick. god, sir. Here's well, what I was ex- I was expecting like he was going to walk outside, look <laughs> at the moon, nothing was going to happen and the dad turns to the mom and goes, "Aha!"
1: All right, these are all <laughs> yeah. terrible. Let's go somewhere else to find writing prompts. They're not terrible. They're just, like, either too hard or, like, it would be too long of a writing.
0: They're, or they're too specific. Like, they told the entire story in the writing prompt. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I'm just going to Google writing prompts.
0: Okay. It's, it's, it's 2016. A soldier on patrol in Afghanistan stops to rest. He is joined by six soldiers from 1416- 15 16 16 16 17 16 18 16 mm. Yeah, it, it would, would be very very a good lot. at that and I would be oh, very, very very bad at that. Okay. All right, let's do not from the past. I'm going to do not quite all time, but I'm going to do from maybe this year.
1: That's what I had just done.
0: All of you listeners out there who are still with us during this time, you probably realized our planning before this episode was minimal at best.
1: Well, we wanted to do it so neither of us got like a head start, but I'm right. thinking we might just like cut all of these except for some it of the funny like ones. Seems like we might have needed put them at the start. end. The
0: warehouse yeah. one was gold. That was so warehouse. Our- you just gave birth, or like imagine your wife just gave birth. I guess nope, your son. Yikes! Okay, did you ever see that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> no, I've only seen gifts of it, okay, where he gives birth to a monkey, mm-hmm. yeah, anyways, uh, you just gave birth. your son has a colored hair or has a hair colored like none before. The doctor declares that your son has been infected with a syndrome called the protagonist. Your lifespan has now been reduced to mere days. The protagonist, yeah, like basically, your kid is the center of a story, no, all right, right. next I'm thinking like I'm trying to think if I can think of anything for that. No, I that's like fair. see like there was something there.
1: That might be something we can use for a longer one, but that's... Also, a hair colored like no other?
0: It was dumb. It needed something else. Like, hair, Like, what? I don't know. Every fantasy novel has, like, a kid born with purple eyes, so why not?
1: Okay.
0: Oh, the billionaire smiled as he took his first steps on the alien world. He took his helmet off to breathe deeply while the crew watched in horror. He had never wanted to go to space. It's definitely about Elon Musk, but that's yeah.
1: fine. I don't really want to write about him. He's already hosting SNL for absolutely no reason.
0: Yeah, everyone's pissed about that for some reason. I don't care who hosts SNL, if I'm being honest.
1: Well, like, um, I don't super care who hosts SNL, but I do like watching the monologues, and I don't want to watch an Elon Musk monologue. Oh,
0: he's a really <laughs> bad public speaker. Exactly. It's atrocious.
1: And I can't he imagine he's good at improv. And that's what, like, or sketches, like... Can't imagine he'd be fun to work with.
0: Nah, if you put him and Mark Zuckerberg in a room, everyone would die of awkward boredom. Um... (laughs) Okay, here's one I just found. I haven't read it yet. (laughs) I
1: just wanted to talk. While churning into a newly discovered galaxy to look for signs of life, an explorer encounters a charmingly cute creature who begs to be taken off the planet. The explorer agrees, so both of them climb into the spaceship and take off. As soon as they leave the solar system, the planet explodes. The explorer turns around to see the creature with a remote detonator in his hand and a big smile on his face. Oof. Ooh, that's heavy. This is under comedy.
0: Oh, (laughs) wow. All right. You just murdered trillions of everything. Got it. Nice. Other princesses have fairy godmothers. You have a fairy godfather. He doesn't exactly grant wishes in the usual way, but the fairy mob always has your back. I kind of like that one.
1: Hell yeah. You want to do that one? Maybe. That's
0: kind of fun. That can be a
1: Very day. Godfather. This is like... I Okay. That's what we're going to do. Let's just call it.
0: All right. Very, so can okay, I just, read can I just write my Godfather as a flamboyantly gay man? Obviously. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> read it yes. again and then Very godfather. send me the link. Um, I can't send you the link. Honestly, we can't open up the comments because it'll be everyone's writing. Right, like right. Everything they just, wrote. Okay, so,
1: okay, let's just read it again, out loud the prompt.
0: Can I copy and? Oh, I can just copy it, I'll email it to you. Okay, 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 I'll read it again. Other princesses have fairy godmothers. You have a fairy godfather. It doesn't exactly grant wishes in the usual way, but the fairy mob always has you back.
1: Okay, so, how long should we give ourselves and how long should this writing be?
0: So, 30 minutes seems impossible.
1: Right. Um, you want to say we record on Sunday with a completed work? Yeah. So we have all day tomorrow and Saturday to work on it? Sounds great.
0: Okay. 48 hours. So I'm,
1: I'm going to go watch a mobster movie while I'm thinking about this. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch all the Godfathers. Probably not throw the, in. Um, not the Irish And movies, we're back. We're and we're back. Life. Hi. It's been 30 seconds for you. Maybe it's been three days from us, and we both have... Writing answers. Works. yeah, works.
0: It's pretty crazy. The miracle of technology. It's time travel in a bottle. Right?
1: Uh, I don't know about you, but this was one of the most fun writing prompts we've done on this show. Um, and mine got really far away from me, and I only barely followed the prompt, but I had so much I'm fun. proud of you. I'm proud <laughs> of you.
0: So, weirdly enough, I felt like I did the best job of following like not going off track that I've ever done with Did the writing see? prompt. I think maybe that might mean that mine is absolutely terrible. Okay. And that's okay. That's okay. Well,
1: we'll let, we'll let our listeners decide vote on which one's better uh, somehow on Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. Just tell us which one you like better.
0: <laughs> you should all vote for Joel. He's very fragile. You can't I, um, take rejection. I, I, I won't,
1: I won't do well. I will be wallowing in self pity. If you say Stevens is better.
0: It's true, he will. So vote, <laughs> vote Joel. And now we know if you win, that's why, Joel. They felt sorry for you. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: what did you, did you give yours a title?
0: Uh, no.
1: <laughs> I was
0: going to say we should... We should
1: we, okay, if you can come up with a title real quick, we will decide who gets to go first by the title. But that's going to let you cheat and just come up with a title that comes later in the alphabet. <laughs>
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah, nothing. mine was literally had the working title of the fairy godfather.
1: That's what mine was the working title, too. And yeah. I changed it to party foul as my actual title. Okay, okay, party foul. Got it. Is your um, first word the or a or something like that? I just told you it was
0: the fairy godfather. Um, yeah, first but word not of your story. fairy. Very. Okay. No, Mine's it's not. The... Um oh the first word of my actual story? Yeah. Uh it starts with a J. Oh. <laughs> I feel like
1: that makes you go first. You know <laughs> how much I you know how much I hate reading my own works out loud. So, if I can make you go first I will.
0: You're a bastard. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to read these and, and talk about it? Yeah. Uh
1: Ugh, yeah, I let's read, have them read them and then how, how many words is yours? Mine is 1672 oh crap
0: okay mine is a lot longer it's 3500 words oh geez yeah sorry about that i wrote most of it today too because again i'll take a nap yesterday
1: and tune back in when you're (laughs) done reading (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) all
1: right um no I, i can read it though okay do you want me to like interrupt with questions or just wait till it's over kind of thing. I don't know yeah, how. if you want to, if you is. want to interrupt
0: you can. You absolutely okay. can. Um, well, mine will. does work a little bit better if you can see it, but that's because I didn't think about it when I was writing it.
1: And that's yeah, right. Same thing with my, like, the very first version of this we did when I gave you a um, like, a historical report. Like, no, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was
0: just, that was a thing. Man, was I never some of my best writing, writing ever. <laughs> Dude, it made me feel like I was back in college. It was brutal. <laughs> I still like that I mean, short that short story that essay I wrote. <laughs> I mean, it was it was great. It's just something. All right, something. All right. Nice.
1: All right. I'm gonna pay attention now to your reading, your writing. Yeah. Right? But but are reading, your writing. So both words work. Seems Can you, you tell me tips?
0: <laughs> no, too tell Joel. Are you? <laughs> hmm. All right. Um. All right, To Kill a Mockingbird, Chapter 1. Oh, God. I'm kidding. All right. I'm just going to call it the Mexican Godfather. Okay. All right. Jose settled back into his seat. The calfskin leather wore like cotton, and the noise reduction speakers made the ride as silent as a crypt, despite cruising down California's 101 at rush hour. Nothing like a Rolls Royce Phantom, he thought. As an afterthought, he picked up a champagne flute and sipped absentmindedly at the 94 Dom Perignon. Two hours ago, Jose had been finishing up his work as a landscaper for one of the glitterati who employed his services. None of them knew his name. Few of them offered him more than minimum wage, but they all bragged about his finished work. It was what had happened in the one hour and 59 minutes since then that had resulted in his current surroundings. ETA, 158. So like you have an hour and 58. We backed up an hour and 58. Gotcha. Make sense. That's yeah, why the visual yeah. thing. Okay. Dios mio, Jose exclaimed. Hoy es muy caliente. English, his boss, Alan Richards, said. Your visa sponsorship is predicated on your acclimatization to American norms. Yes, sir, Jose said, though a few of the words were outside his understanding of English. That was okay, though. His daughter was teaching him, and he was getting better every day. Now finish up, the boss said. I've got a function to attend, and I won't be the last one there. Miss Elena Astrocetti is slated to attend, and word on the street is that she just broke up with her boyfriend. Who? Jose asked, immediately regretting it. Miss Astrochetti, Mr. Richard asked. Right, of course you wouldn't know her. She's the princess of Monrovia, first in line to the throne and very, very rich. I spent $25,000 for a seat next to hers at tonight's gala, and if I don't spend the night with her, you can have the rest of the week off. With pay! Jose nodded obediently. Thank you, sir. Very generous. Richards walked back to his Ram 1500 and peeled off towards the freeway, leaving skid marks in the drive that Jose would have to spend the next hour blasting out with a power washer. Jose sighed. The job was a good one, even if his boss was a pendejo. At any rate, it was better than working for the cartel as a mule. His brother, the only family he'd really ever known, had died when a couple bags of heroin ruptured in his small intestine. There was no, man, there was no life for a man with hopes of a family. I wish I could go to gala's. He'd find food and have a chance at some foreign princess, he thought wistfully. Shaking his head, he cranked up the power washer and methodically blasted away the rubber tracks. ETA 155. Hey, kid, a voice called out. Jose lifted his head to see a black Lincoln town car parked by the curb. Si, sí, senor. This is America, damn it. Speak some caso English. Capice? Joe ducked his head. Sorry, sir. Can I help you? I doubt it very much, but if you'd be willing to get in this here car with me, I think that I might be able to help you. The door swung open, and Jose saw a large man sitting alone in the back seat of his car. His perfectly tailored suit said, businessman. His Beretta PX4 said, get the fuck in the car and do as I say. Jose swallowed back the nervous lump in his throat. I still have work, sir. I need to finish this house off before I quit for the evening. The man tilted his head, considering. Of course, of course. It wouldn't do for you to leave a job half finished. I respect that in the man. Full measures only. He leaned forward in his seat and said something quietly to the driver. A moment later, a six-foot-eight giant of a man stepped out of the car and retrieved a small satchel from the trunk. Come sit with me, the man in the back said. Marco here will finish off the house for you, and we can continue our conversation in comfort and style as God intended. Seeing no real alternative, Jose slid into the back seat, acutely aware of his muddy shoes and ripped jeans. I'm sorry about my clothing, sir. No need. It's to be expected with these sorts of things. If you don't mind, sir, Jose said. Can I ask who you are? Ah, you nodded. Where are my manners? Of course you wouldn't remember me. You were only a child. Remember you? You are Jose Menendez, correct? Son of Ricardo and Julia Menendez? Jose nodded. I was good friends with your parents, Riposari and Pache. They had me stand in as a witness at your baptism. He held out a powerful hand. I'm your godfather, Vincent Gambino, but you call me Vinny. Jose shook the hand out of respect for the most infamous, infamous name in Los Angeles, Vinny Gambino allegedly headed the crime family of the same name. They'd controlled the film industry for decades, and not a few rumors hinted at a handshake agreement between Lucchetti Gambino and Walt Disney back in the 60s that deeded over the company upon Disney's death. "'All set, boss,' Marco said, settling back into the driver's seat. "'Very good,' Vinny said. "'Now let's get my godson here some fresh clothes. "'He's got a party to attend.' "'Party?' Jose asked." You did just wish you could go to the gala, didn't you? The one with the princess in attendance? Jose nodded dumbly. Those had been private thoughts. How did Vinny... His thoughts were interrupted by a fireball erupting into the sky behind them. Turning around, he saw the house he'd been working on engulfed in flames. What did you just do? He exclaimed. Vinny shrugged. We finished the job. ETA. An hour and a half. They entered through the back of the building. The private entrance was nondescript and hidden from prying eyes. Every possible entrance and exit was blocked from a direct line of sight by anyone who might be surveilling them. Jose wasn't sure why this was necessary, but then again, he'd never run a successful crime oper- operation. Even the cartel couldn't lay claim to the type of success Vinnie Gambino enjoyed. Where the cartel was constantly at war with both the governments of Mexico and the United States, Gambino owned a substantial amount of real estate in both the House and Senate, The Vegas exceptions on gambling and prostitution were no accident, not by a long shot. The room on the other side of the alleyway door was straight out of a James Bond film. Custom-made shirts, jackets, shoes, any kind of tailored clothing you could want was there for the taking. And even though they'd entered from the back, this room was no back alleyway secret. The opposite wall was floor-to-ceiling windows, and through the one-way glass, Jose could see the rich and famous of California walking down the perfectly manicured sidewalks of Rodeo Drive. Then he motioned Jose forward into a room of mirrors. Antonio, he said, I'd like to introduce you to my associate, Jose Menendez. We're a bit short on time, so something off the rack we'll have to do for now, but go ahead and measure him for the works. Of course, Mr. Gambino, should I measure him for the associate line or the family line? Gambino clapped Jose on the back. Familia. Forty minutes later, Jose didn't recognize the man staring back at him in the mirror. The blue suit with brown monk straps wore better than his own skin. After they'd taken his work uniform and presumably set fire to it out back, he'd been led to an in-house barbershop for a shave and a haircut while his suit was being assembled. They'd finished him off with a quick deep tissue massage and steam bath. Never in his life had he felt so confident. He'd always thought of himself as an average man, but at this moment he felt he might want to reconsider his feelings on that matter. They left without paying, though, come to think of it, there hadn't been a single price tag in the entire store. I can't pay you back, Mr. Gambino, Jose began. I barely have. Don't mention it, Vinny interrupted. You're part of the family. It's in my best interests to have you looking like a million bucks. Consider it an investment into advertising my personal brand, if that makes you feel any better. And here, he passed him a Beretta. This goes in the sewn-in pocket near your waistband. Jose balked at the gun. I don't know how to use that, he stammered. Gambino pressed it into his hand. No matter, we'll fix that tomorrow, but for now, just remember that intimidation's a powerful thing in its own right. Jose wanted to say no, but how could he after accepting this magnificent set of clothing? Thank you, Vinny. Don't mention it. Where to next, boss? Marco asked. Home, Vinny said. This is not a car you take to the governor's gala. ETA, 30 minutes. Vincent Gambino didn't live in a home, per se. His residence qualified as a resort at the very least, but would likely be considered a palace by most European royalty. They drove past three separate guard stations, each with its own multi-story suburban home for the guard and his family. A colonnade of fountains lined the quarter-mile drive up to the entryway, and a full circle of marble pillars surrounded the carriageway in a style that Jose noted looked suspiciously reminiscent of St. Peter's Square in Rome. Vinny's residence was built in the Mediterranean style with terracotta shingles and an open air design that let in the comfortable California air. Vinny led Jose into a study while Marco retrieved the other car. And they settled down for a cigar. This is all too much, senor, Jose said, puffing out a ring of smoke. I didn't know you this morning, and yet you've lavished gifts on me, invited me into your home, called me family. This is not a debt I can easily repay. Vinny shook his head. I who've not repaid my debt, and for that I'm very sorry. I'm not understanding you, Jose said. Vinny sighed. I didn't know of your parents' death until this week. It was my wish to invite your family for a visit, here in the city of angels for the christening of my own granddaughter. Learning of the many tragedies that have befallen your family has broken my heart. I must tell you, Jose, that I've always honored my oaths, and this, a holy vow, is not one to be broken lightly, as you have no family remaining in this world. My role as your godfather is to adopt you as my own son. Jose leaned back in his chair. Then why did I never hear from you as a child? Vinny scratched absently at the side of his neck. Because your father stopped asking for my help. I feel you must know something about me, but it will be very difficult to understand. Jose motioned for him to continue. As a young man, I made the mistake of turning to Stregoria, Italian witchcraft. It gave me the success you see around me, but brought with it a curse. "'as all witchcraft does. did not understand it at the time, "'but in my old age I am learning "'that I must make amends and honor my vows, "'lest I be damned for all eternity. "'God in his mercy, has extended my years "'and given me the power of the angels to do this task. "'I am, in a sense, your guardian angel for a time. "'Your father jokingly referred to me "'as his very godfather, "'though I would very much appreciate it "'if you did not carry on that tradition.'" <laughs> Jose didn't know whether to laugh, but Vincent Gambino looked dead serious, and it didn't seem wise to laugh at a man who made deals with the devil and carried a gun. Your wish is my command, as the saying goes, Vinny continued. I am honor-bound to fulfill this duty. A knock at the door interrupted any further conversation. Sir Marco said, the car is ready. ETA, back to the present. The Rolls-Royce came to a stop, and Jose emerged onto a red carpet lined with paparazzi. Cameras flash. Camera flashes blinded him from the outset. Hundreds of voices shouted for him to look a certain direction for a picture. People crowded the velvet rope in an attempt for the, to be the first to document this unknown man who dared set foot on such hallowed ground. Vincent Gambino stepped out of the car behind him. First a decorative cane emerged, and the rest of them followed. The paparazzi suddenly found the ground to be far more interesting than anyone on the red carpet. All camera flashes stopped, and the voices silenced themselves. Together, Vincent and José walked up the steps into the governor's mansion without a single person accosting them further. "'Do you have that effect on everyone?' José asked. "'I do,' he replied without offering any further explanation. "'Follow me. We need to make you acquainted with Prinste- Princess Astrocetti. "'Do you know her?' "'I know everyone worth knowing, and trust me, she ranks among the top of that list.' Jose was surprised at how empty the rooms of the mansion were. He'd expected to see partygoers mingling around the precious artwork and small tables of wine and cheeses. Instead, Vinnie led him through a cavern of silence. Jose realized why the rooms were empty a moment later. A set of double doors opened for them on silent hinges, and a banquet hall filled with people at their seats turned to view the two latecomers. Sweat beaded at Jose's collar, but his chaperone walked into the fray without an ounce of fear. They strode through the ranks of actors, businessmen, and beautiful women until they arrived at the head table where the governor welcomed Vinny with a respect Jose would have expected to be reserved for the president of the United States. I apologize for not reserving a spot sooner, Mr. Lostrom, but I only just finalized my schedule this morning, Vinny said. The governor nodded. Mr. Gambino, you know my home is always open to you. He snapped his fingers for two waiters to clear space. You and your associates can have the seat by me. Your hospitality will not be forgotten, Vinny said. You'd have thought he'd just given the man a Ferrari by how big Governor Lostrom smiled at the compliment. Could you do me one more favor, Vinny said. My associate was hoping to speak with Ms. Astrochetti tonight. Well, I'm sure she would be more than honored to change seats, Lostrom said. Her present dinner guest is lacking in refinement, shall we say. Jose sat down at the table and sipped nervously at some champagne. Two hours ago, he'd been fancifully wishing for this life, and now that it was his, as if by magic, he couldn't believe how nervous he was that it was all going to disappear. Besides that, what did you say to an honest-to-God princess? <laughs> Thank you for rescuing me, a vaguely accented voice said with a sigh. Jose turned and nearly dropped his champagne. He'd never seen someone so beautiful in all his life. Jet black hair piled high atop her head, a white dress that hugged every curve. If he hadn't died and gone to heaven, then he hoped he never did because that would never compare to this moment. Princess, Then he smiled and kissed her hand. Allow me to introduce you to my godson, Jose Menendez. A pleasure, she said with a smile that melted Jose's heart. I trust you can hold a better conversation than my previous dinner companion. Jose shook his head. I know that man, and he can hold a conversation just fine. His trouble is letting it go. She chuckled. Off to a better start already. She settled into the chair beside him and held up a flute. To a night that can only get better from here. Jose raised his own. To tonight, he agreed. The night passed in a blur of conversation, laughter, and dancing. Before he knew it, the clock was striking midnight, and the governor was wishing them all a safe trip home. He announced they'd raised over a million dollars for leukemia, and he looked forward to hosting them all again next year. Ms. Astrochetti took Jose's arm as they walked back to the Rolls Royce. What a night, Jose said. I don't think there will ever be another like it. I was pleasantly surprised as well, she said with a smile. You're an intoxicating man, Mr. Menendez. Princess, a voice called. Hey, Elena. Alan Richards, Jose's boss, jogged up beside them and scowled. Hey, buddy, can you give me and the princess a minute? Jose wasn't surprised Alan didn't recognize him. While he'd been working the landscape, his boss had spent most days sitting in his truck and staring at his phone. I believe that is a decision for her to make, Jose said with a shit-eating grin. "'Goodbye, Mr. Richards,' she said without an ounce of courtesy. "'Hey,' he grabbed her arm, "'I'm talking to you.' "'Let me go, Mr. Richards. You are quite drunk and should go home now.' "'I paid twenty-five grand for a seat at your table,' he said. "'You ignored me all night, and I want my money's worth.' Vincent Gambino emerged from the shadows and brought them with him. "'You should leave. This is not a place to lose a sense of decorum.' "'Stay out of this old man,' Richards grunted.' Five minutes, princess. That's all I'm asking. I'll make it worth your while. His hand snaked down to her waist and pulled her up against himself. Big mistake, Jose said. His hand went to the gun at his waistband, but Vinny held up a hand. Mr. Richards, he said in a voice that could command the dead to rise, come with me. You and I are going to take a little walk. Jose pulled Elena away from his former boss and guided her into the Rolls Royce. Where's the boss? Marco asked. He had to... Take care of something, Jose replied. Got it, Marco nodded. I'll be right back. What was that all about, Elena asked. The trunk popped open behind them and Jose heard a muffled thud. A moment later, the door opened and Vinny slid into the seat across from him. A friend told me tonight's moon is exceptional, Vinny said. Let's say we head out to the bay for some stargazing. Jose didn't think for a second that Vinny was asking him a question. The body splashed into the bay, and just like that, Jose was officially unemployed. What the hell, Elena said? I did not agree to be an accessory to murder. Who's murdering around here, Vinny asked. All I see is garbage disposal. Marco, you see anyone murdered around here? Looked like trash to me, boss. Good, then that's settled. Everyone back in the car. No thank you, Elena said. I'll be finding my own way back. Elena, I... Jose began. She held up a hand. I had no pretensions about who you were, Mr. Menendez, but I expected work and leisure to remain separate entities. I wish you well, but please do not contact me again. Dios mio, he thought. I wish that would have gone differently. Granted, Vinny whispered in his ear. Jose turned toward him, but Vinny was already halfway to the car. They slid into the back seat together and waited for Marco to arrive. The second the trunk popped open, Jose knew he'd made a mistake. The thud only concern confirmed his suspicions. "'Did you just kidnap a princess?' he asked. "'She'll come around,' Vinny said. "'The heart of a woman is a fickle thing.' Jose ran his hands through his hair and slid down into his seat. "'That is not what I meant.' "'Well,' Vinny said, "'specificity is very important in making a wish. "'It'd be good of you to remember that.' In less than 12 hours, Jose's life had completely changed." He'd been nobody this morning. His work barely paid enough for him to pay rent, let alone ever save enough for a family. His godfather had given him wealth, power, and the chance at a beautiful woman. Everything he'd ever wanted. Jose didn't know how he felt about the methods, but he knew one thing. It had been the best day of his life. He was never looking back. He sat up straight in his seat and looked Vincent Gambino in the eye. Godfather, he said, I think it's time we dreamed bigger. Vinny leaned forward and nodded. I'm listening. Jose drummed his fingers on his knee. What's the going rate for a princess's ransom? Vincent Gambino opened his arms wide and grinned. Welcome to the family. The end.
1: I tried to clap and realized that would not have uh, translated well on podcast. Probably not. We just sound like (laughs) pop, 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 pop. Impressive. Uh, I like... You leaned more into the mobster side of things than I did. Mine just mm-hmm. hints at it, as you'll see. Um, but yeah, that was I liked that a lot. Okay. Uh, I went more of the supernatural
0: angle than the mob angle. Um, the no, that's totally fun. I ended up basing the uh, framework of it off of uh, Cinderella, since it's a Godfather, God, right, fairy Godmother right. thing. Yeah, so
1: I based mine off of more Irish. I don't want to give anything else away. I'm going to read it in a second.
0: But no, yeah. It's okay. I kind of assumed that you would base yours a little more supernatural, and I didn't want both of us to do that. Well, and my problem. Which is fine. I think you'll write the supernatural one better than I
1: would. My problem, as you'll see here in a little bit, was I couldn't quite. Um, my version of the Fae, every time I think of fairies, they're basically already a mob. Like, <laughs> and they're very family oriented, and they react to this like the thing that mobsters like in the Sopranos and in the Godfather and all those things, the thing that kind of defines mobsters is overreaction to small insults and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how the Fae are described in most stories. Yeah. So I had trouble differentiating the two of them. And just, so I just like went with it. Um, yeah. We did have a couple very similar thematic elements though, accidentally in it. Which is
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. cool. I like it. I, I, this was hard to write, honestly, um, and I don't know why that was. It took me a little bit to get through it, but I don't know. know it was
1: very. Uh, yours was very interesting. I, I love that it went with. I love that it was modern. Um, I kind of assumed you were going to take a more historic look at it and mm-hmm. put it back in medieval times or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's your wheelhouse. I know. It is. Yeah. One, yeah. um But I, I'm. I was actually surprised we both put it in modern times. I like that the main character uh, went bad at the end or joined the family in italics at the end. That was fun.
0: Yeah. That was the last minute twist. Cause I couldn't figure out, um, like how to end it? kind of, um, I, I knew from the beginning that I wanted them to kidnap a princess. And originally it was kind of going to be like, man, I wish I could spend the night with the princess. And then his godfather shows up with the princess in the back of the car. Um, right. Right. But I, you know, it unfolded slightly differently than that, obviously.
1: Yeah. Well, I had so. um, very few plans going into mine, and it cool. became what I'm about to read to you. So, <laughs> I don't <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> it's a strange journey. Okay. Party Foul. The night was going exactly as good as you would expect a finals week frat party to go. There were kegs in the front and back, music playing in every room that didn't match the one next to it. Someone had taken the time to set up and send out a group Spotify playlist, but was by now either too drunk or too stupid to lock people out. The vibe was thus charmingly erratic. Everyone was in either a euphoric, we made it through another semester, or fuck it, there's no way I'm passing that class anyways mindset, so things were, needless to say, wild. My roommate was beyond fucked up and would be spending the majority of tomorrow in the bathroom, and there was no way I'd be holding her hair. Her currently off again boyfriend had begun making his presence known in the shadow of one of his creepier friends. My ex had also reared his ugly head, and as I w- and as I downed my ill-advised as the designated driver fourth solo cup of trash can punch, I wondered yet again why we had even come. There you are, my favorite little orphan Annie, an insanely dark nickname I had thought charming when I was still sleeping with the walking baseball player cliche who just honed in on me. I did have an auburn tint to my blonde hair. An argument could be made that Annie was part of my name, though I went by Beth. And my actually deceased parents had decided, sorry, my actually deceased parents had decided to name me like I was an already 80-year-old cat-hoarding seamstress. "'It was a family name. There were traditions and bloodlines and diluted royal nonsense to deal with at the time. "'But no child should have to go by Annabeth.' "'It's like you've been avoiding me. No simile needed, Emmett.' "'I found myself choosing petty aggression. He preferred to go by Junior. "'I have been avoiding you.' "'Well, that's too bad, because you're looking so very unavoidable. "'As always with this asshole, you could never tell if anything he said was actually a compliment, "'even though the inflection implied as much.' And yet, I said, as I ducked under his arm to wander into the living room slash weed den, I gave a slight chuckle as I heard a familiar jaunty flute melody coming from a Bluetooth speaker on the coffee table. It was mostly masked by a barely decipherable hip-hop pop mix from the backyard, but I pulled out my phone and skipped to the next track anyways. You can never be too careful. Out in the yard, through a cloud of weed smoke, I caught a glimpse of Sarah being led inside fuck she cannot hook up with brad tonight she had dumped him again three days ago after the day was caught making out with lisa strickland i almost let myself go full-on judgmental roommate but i was at the same ex-boyfriend filled party what leg did i have to stand on get her home tell her hungover ass she needs to delete his number tomorrow i followed her into the house intent on reminding her that he was a cheating bastard and then hoping uber surge prices weren't too high I spied Sarah across the room with Brad and the biggest muscle bulging douchebag I had ever seen. The trio were heading to the stairs. My stomach jumped into my throat as I realized Sarah um as I realized Sarah wasn't walking under her own power. This was teetering on the line between a tipsy stupid mistake I needed to save my friend from and a crime. I pulled my phone out immediately and made a beehive to the stairway. Instead of the clicking the anachronistic headset icon, I chose the little green ball and swiped back three or four songs. In my family, we don't call the police. Wooden flutes and a simple drum and simple drum sounds followed me up the stairs. What's going on here? I demanded as I pushed open the second bedroom door. The first had a purely consensual makeout session going on. Sarah was on the bed, luckily still fully dressed. Sleasball had his hands on her leg, and Brad was stroking her hair. To my horror. Emmett was taking a drink by the window, watching all this take place. Betty? Sarah slurred out from the bed. Yes, yeah, Sarah, I think it's time we go home. There was a long pause. Enough time for the short song I had queued up and put on repeat to stop and start again. I made a silent wish that no one downstairs decided the music wasn't their cup of tea. The boys let her go, but didn't really move away, so I pressed the issue and pulled her off the bed. Slesball found his misguided confidence and stepped in front of the door. Let us out. The almost burp in the middle of the word was unfortunate, but I still thought I sounded confident. The notes faded and I crossed my fingers behind Sarah's back for luck. You really want to turn a drunken bit of douchey stupidity into full-on sexual assault? I asked. They should really find a less S-y phrase for when tipsy bitches are trying not to slur their speech. But this at least gave Junior and Brad a moment of pause. However, their friend didn't move from the door. You're really calling rape dressed like that, Sleazeball said? It's like 30 degrees out, and you two barely have enough clothing between you to fully clothe one much skinnier girl. And come on. Brad was just saying goodbye. He's not going to see Sarah till after New Year's. Wow, did the sleazy bullshit handbook come when you registered Republican or after your first homoerotic spanking and pledge week? That was pretty clever, Sleazy laughed. Let him out, Jake. They clearly wouldn't be able to handle us. Not that I'd get back with my whore of an ex at this point anyways. I couldn't tell if that was Emmett sticking up for me and assuming a tougher position that would get us out of the situation by defusing Sleazeball and giving him an out, or if I was once again overthinking everything and all the guys in the room were the same level of despicable. But when I heard flutes playing from the speaker downstairs, I decided I did not care. Jake finally moved out of the way, but just barely, and I maneuvered Sarah past him "'carefully twisting to brush up against him "'as little as possible. "'Don't come back to any of our parties next semester. "'You won't be getting in,' he yelled at me "'as I reached the stairway. "'I smiled, catching a glimpse of a tall, dark-haired man "'in the center of the makeshift dance floor below. "'The light seemed to linger on his skin "'longer than the flashing bulbs bulbs should have allowed, "'and when he stepped in front of a lamp, "'his silhouette featured antler-like horns "'arranged in a crown. "'My godfather looked to me with a question in his eyes.' I turned back to Jake to answer. Don't worry. After a party as bad as this one, I doubt anyone will be returning. There was a lot of speculation over just what went down at the party after we left. Some say that the punch was spiked with LSD or shrooms. Most just whisper that something weird happened. And, if cornered, no one who was at the house after the witching hour can or will say what actually went down. But everyone woke up the next day to a blood-curdling scream as a long-haired brother set up to vomit only to find he was knotted to the window frame. He left behind a bit of scalp. Everyone else who slept in the house found themselves similarly elf-locked. Tight, intricate hair braids, some made up of as little as a single strand of hair, were tangled to a bed frame, rug, blanket, or whoever happened to be passed out closest to them. Untangling, or more often ripping, cutting, and bleeding themselves free, took most of the next very hungover day. There were a lot of buzz cuts and bald young men walking off of campus a week later. Every male who slept on the second floor that night had to start taking a little blue pill. It maybe works about half the time for them. Sarah's ex and mine both dropped out before the next semester. One of their fathers was indicted on securities fraud. The other left with the pool boy and took everything from the family. Funny thing is, apparently the mom and that pool boy had been having a pretty famous affair for years. But for both, Ivy League school became too expensive. The frat itself folded the next year, and not just our campus branch. A few Midwest state schools kept the name, but the national organization evaporated. What sparked the biggest mystery, and a police investigation, was what happened to Mr. Slees. There was never any trace of them, and no evidence of foul play. A lot of people blamed him for the hair, pranks, and apparent drugging of the party. There was even a civil suit against his family that must have been settled out of court. I don't even fully know what happened to him, but I did see him one more time, a year and a day later. Walking home from a late-night cram session that may have turned into flask drinking in the stacks, I caught, kite of, I caught sight of some twinkling lights in a stand of trees. Inside was an out-of-season whitehorn tree in full bloom, and a spinning, impossibly dense dance of the small folk. In the center... Ringed by mushrooms and wearing nothing but a weary smile that didn't quite reach his eyes, stood Jake. I say stood, but his feet were a blur. They were bloody and bruised, and he was emaciated to the point of being frightening. And if I knew my godfather, I guess, I'd guess he had been dancing in that circle for the last 366 days. If you invite the king of fairies to a party, or even just his goddaughter, make sure it's a good one. The end.
0: (laughs) Hey, your guy doesn't mess around. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: started yeah. with, I wanted, I needed the main character to be a girl and I wanted her to like get one over through magic on some douchey guy. Like, right. and cause I, I don't know. I like the, in, we talked about the Irishman, uh, in the first part of the episode. And I love this moment where, um, like the daughter's boss, like cut her hours or whatever, or got mad at her and her father tracking down and like beat the shit out of the guy. Just massive overreaction. Right. right. Not that I think sexual assault is something you can have an overreaction to, but I kind of wanted (laughs) just like a everyone in the house got massively punished for something because, yeah. And then I found there's this old tale, this old story that if you play this this tune called The King of the Fairies three times in a row at a party, Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: King of the Fairies, King Oberon will show up. And if he likes the party, if he has a good time, he'll bless everybody in the house. And if he doesn't, he'll curse everybody in the house. <laughs> so
0: uh, got I it. kind
1: of combine those two <clears throat> things into this. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. No, it was, it was cool. I always get really nervous writing anything about um, like sexual assault or anything yeah. like that because it's it's tricky to do. Yeah, um, exactly. Without, honestly, I some like I don't I can't kind of steer away from it because sometimes I feel creepy even writing it. Like, yeah, I don't like my yeah. brain going down this track. You not know, very
1: um, fair. It just kept leading itself to there. I couldn't figure out like I wanted her to be like a confident, uh, you know, s- daughter of a mobster, or like you know, being taken care yeah. of by a fairy mobster. But also, <laughs> like I needed her to be in danger a little
0: bit, and I, yeah, it just kind of led yeah. itself there. <laughs> no, you're. I I liked um, like that he does not mess around. That was terrifying. I would not want to be any of those guests at that party. Yeah. And the Ever. elf
1: lock thing is apparently a real thing. Like uh well like I don't know, a real myth, I guess, that um uh that's tricks that the wee folk will play on people is they'll tie their hair to th- random things. And I that's think crazy. Oh, like, that's the like imagine waking up extremely hungover and your hair was braided into the rug. <laughs> like, no, thank
0: you. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I think yours would beat mine in fight. <laughs>
1: i don't know yours can grant wishes mine just takes really drastic revenge against people
0: <laughs> that's true mine was more like a fairy god genie than anything else yeah but i mean yeah. like i couldn't remember how cinderella's godmother does things like did cinderella wish for something or did the godmother just show up I yeah really she kind
1: of just showed up and yeah gave her an arbitrary time limit to make this dude fall in love with her and turned everything back into a pumpkin Right, right, right. Yeah. It was a very strange, not extremely helpful fairy godmother, but you know.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I watched I watched Scarface today in preparation for this episode.
1: Oh yeah, I started watching The Sopranos mm-hmm. or started watching The Sopranos again the other night. I've seen most of the first two seasons. Okay. Never finished the show. But I started it all over again yesterday because of I this. started it
0: once, and then I think I lost HBO or something. But um, I had never seen Scarface before. So. Really? Yeah. The ending was weird. It's real weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's weirder is there's
1: a um, video game version of Scarface that takes okay. place um, starting in the last scene. No. So yeah. when he does all of the cocaine in the world because he yeah, knows he's about to die cocaine. and yeah. goes out in a hail of gunfire, only in the video game, cocaine basically makes you immortal. It oh. like puts on god mm. mode. Okay. Right. So then mm. like. The rest of the game is just like a shooting game where he's running from police and other mobsters and stuff, and every time he gets close to dying, he just needs to do more cocaine. And more cocaine, just like, yeah,
0: sure, sure, sure. This
1: is a really
0: weird message. As you do. That is, uh, do drugs, kids. That's the message. Do so much cocaine, your do heart drip. would stop, but become right. immortal instead. Right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, my word. So, yeah, that was, that was a fun uh, prompt. Good job, Reddit. It was fun, it. and I'm glad Like it. we took it such different directions, but we still
1: somehow both had a um, Men Are Creeps overtone to it, so...
0: Heck, yeah. <laughs> it's because we are. Didn't no, you sure. know that? We're, we're I'm terrible. Creep. I'm the worst. <laughs> That's why everyone hates me. Um, would you have gone in a different direction if you had to write your story again? Or what would you have done differently?
1: Uh, the I would have... Um, if I had more time, I would have done a longer one that was a uh, more traditional mobster story. I mm-hmm. would have done something like, um, I, I, I don't know what it is, but something like, you know, they take over a business and then are running from some kind of law enforcement. That, I, I would have done something like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have enough time to figure out how to do that in a short story. Uh, yeah. And especially with including the, the fairies in it. I don't know. And I may have put it back further in time, too. Those are ideas I played around with before this okay. kind of developed. Yeah. How about you?
0: Yeah. I probably would have um, redone parts of it so that the fact that my um, main character was, was Hispanic mattered more. Um, gotcha. Because I – like, you don't read any stories about Hispanic people in America, which is kind of weird. But um, I liked I, – the reason I went in that direction is because, like, being a godparent is a catholic thing Mm -hmm. and so traditionally you're either going to be like italian irish mexican something like that so i probably would have played that angle up a little bit more um and i probably would have made the godfather mexican as well uh, just to kind of play off like basically avoid the trope of the godfather being italian but then at the same point i also wanted the godfather to be italian it was a mess my brain wanted so many things
1: yeah so i i chose to not have i chose <laughs> to make it subtle the the got like that he showed up had it like had a bad time and so he had his people move in and i just went through and found all the different like that last couple paragraphs were a couple different random um like fay tricks that you play on people and then more traditional mobster style blackmail stuff with mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just kind of mixed them together so that it would be subtle. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. I liked it. It's good.
1: Well, that was fun. Um, it's going to be fun to edit this together. Uh, stay I tuned. doubt that very much. <laughs> stay tuned after the credits because we've cut the first section of this down to mostly just my rant and our church notes, um, and uh, we went through several dozen different um, prompts before we landed on this one. So if you want to hear us discussing them, stay tuned after the, the credits song thing. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one he's doing a weird version of. <laughs> I don't know why it's like a minor key version of our theme song. I don't like that at all. Pretty sure it's already in minor.
1: Oh, well, I don't know. Music. Um, I will also on our Instagram, check us out on Instagram, um, which is at the book report pod with underscores between each word. I'll put on, uh, the rest of the video or a video and pictures of Steven with the bow he made. And I'll link, um, a video to the actual song King of the Fairies, um, that my main character Annabeth used to summon her godfather. Um, to play it three times at a party. A party. Yeah, but better be a good party, or you just might get fucked up. Um, that means but, it's a good party.
0: Right?
1: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you could email us at bookreportpod at gmail dot com if you want to like send us submissions uh, for your version of this story, or you know whatever we like ta- hearing from people. Uh, follow us on Twitter at book underscore pod and mm, I mean one day we might get back on Facebook, but it's at book report podcast if you happen to use Facebook like our page or something. I don't know. Don't use
0: Facebook. It's a bad company.
1: It's horrible, but I mean Instagram is owned by them, so I don't know. I yeah, you can't
0: avoid shop. it. Yeah. Most things are owned by Facebook. I think the water supply is now.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. Mm. It's not – It's not. what's that stuff they put in the water? Fluoride anymore? It's, it's Facebook-eyed? What I'll was that? My, I'll see myself out.
0: Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> it was such a dumb joke that for the first time this episode my brain actually like stopped listening actively. Oh, so bad. I didn't even that hear what you said. That's bad. how you, you that's need how you take a
1: nap. <laughs> I'm I'm not all the way here. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> all right. Well, um like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you all next time. You're not gonna say your bye? Bye. Oh, that was terrifying. Never do that <laughs> <laughs>